We have a special guest here with us tonight. He is the co-host of the Gold Standard Podcast on the Gold Standard Network now. Um, Levin Black, what's going on, man? Good. Uh, I don't know what's special about me, but I'll take it. <laughs> Come on. You're you're like the co-host of like the number one 49ers podcast out there, man. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've quite been able to overtake number one, but we are close and we've been growing every year. So it's been a it's been a journey. So yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on. And, um, thankfully we cover a football team that is 365 in terms of <laughs> giving us something to talk about. Um, but before we get into the, 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 the current team questions, I always ask my guests this as the first question. I like for them to talk about themselves for a little bit. Um, do you remember when and how you became a 49ers fan? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll try to give the short version of it. Um, in third grade, mm-hmm. uh, I transferred schools in the middle of the year because I was having issues with a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and the new school I went to, uh, the 49ers were the popular team. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the state of Indiana, so it was, you know, weird. But uh, I was just, I was always big into sports, but I was starting to pay attention to the NFL. And, uh, so I kind of latched on cause my friends were into the 49ers mm-hmm. and, uh, it wasn't until like literally 10, 15 years later when I was in college that it dawned on me, I transferred in, uh, January or actually it was February of 1995. So what had just happened? Why were they popular? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so yeah, that's my curse as a sports person actually. So. Wow. I became a Niners fan immediately after their last Super Bowl. Uh, I used to be a Rockets fan. I gave them up recently because it's uh, the new owner. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have to get into all that. But I became a Rockets <laughs> fan when Barkley got traded there because he's my Jeez. all-time favorite athlete. He wow. got traded after they won back-to-back titles. They have not won a title. Mm. <laughs> and I was a Cubs fan. So uh, prior to 2016, they never won anything. And I'm a Purdue college guy. And they are famous for being really good but never getting over the hump. You have every right to be bitter. So. Like, it's like, <laughs> and I, so that's and, my curse. It's like I become a fan and get close, oh. have good teams consistently, but never get over the hump. That's I understand, man. I get it. Um, other than the Niners, I'm a Philadelphia guy. So the Flyers and hockey haven't won a championship since 75. You know, I finally had something with the Phillies in 2008. And, you know, the Sixers have done squat since 83. So. Um, but at least we had Iverson for a little bit. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the 76ers have the same uh, Barkley thing. They yeah. won a title. Barkley joined. They didn't win again. <laughs> it's, that's wild to even. I never thought of it that way. But now that you mentioned it. Um, all right. So let me get to the first question here. And I'm going to start with the offseason. Uh, and then we'll kind of backtrack a little bit um, and then look ahead. So, so far this offseason, man, they did something that, you and, and Rob talk about all the time and, and many content creators and writers for the team have always said, this is a team that doesn't react right away when it comes to free agency or trades. Um, but man, right at, you know, 12, 10 on the, on, on Monday that the Niners got Javon Hargrave 
And I'm a guy, like I said, I live outside 15 minutes outside of Philly. So when I can't, when the Niners are on at four o'clock here, the one o'clock game around here is always the Eagles. So that's what I would watch. And Hargrave is just a monster up the middle. Um, and I, I think he's one of those rare guys who at 30 seems to be getting better. Um, what was your thoughts when that move hit and were you taken aback by it? Uh, so my thoughts were, uh, heck yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the initial reaction. Uh, I was a little surprised at how quick it came and the fact that they did it. You know, it, there were no rumors. There was no time for rumors. So there's no kind of wrapping your mind around it prior to it happening. Um, while I was surprised by it, I was more just surprised by the fact that they actually wanted to spend that kind of money mm-hmm. uh, and not that it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they signed that guy. Kind of yeah. surprised. Like, I'm I'm ecstatic for the move. Uh, and he, you know, he talked uh, at his introductory press conference. And he said that uh, basically, like, the moment the window opened, the Niners aggressively pursued him. And as soon as they said, hey, we're interested, he was like, let's do it. Because he said, normally, in order to get paid in free agency, you're going to a not-so-good team. So a mm-hmm. winning team coming to him was just, you know, that was, that kind of sealed it right there. And that's why it went so quick. Mm-hmm. So, and you look at the other moves they've made. Um, yes, they've lost uh, a lot of guys, and we won't have to really touch on that because I still think the team's gotten better, um, even with all the guys that they've lost, and I still don't think they're done yet. Um, when guys are restructuring, it kind of gives you the idea that something else is going to be coming. Um, to go to Sam Darnold, I'm not going to bring up another quarterback's name because I know you deal with that all the time, so I'm not going to bring up a quarterback who just left the team finally. I'm not going to bring up his name, but – Sam Donald comes into this team now. Um, I know your partner, your 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 partner on the podcast thinks that it's a lot bigger than I I portray it to be. I know you said I listened to your show today. You don't view Donald as a guy coming in to be the number one starter. Um, where are you in this whole Donald sign? I know you talked about it already, but if you share, you know, want to talk about it again. Has your mind changed at all on Darnold's role on this team? Or do you really think maybe now thinking about it, well, you know, he might be coming into camp as a a favorite to start the season from Shanahan? No, I don't think there's any chance he starts as the favorite. It's uh, basically, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what it, what's going on is Kyle Shanahan is not going to, or he's going to do whatever he can to not let what happened last year happen again. Agreed. He doesn't want quarterbacks to keep costing them championships. You could argue that this team should have won multiple championships at this point, but the quarterback has cost them. Hmm. And a lot of that is the injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think Darnold is him kind of hedging his bets because there's two different risks with the quarterbacks. Trey Lance, at this point, in his career, he's as injury-prone as it gets. I mean, he's he's started four games, and he's had three different injuries. Yep. He has the two that everybody still talks about, um, that everybody knows because it prevented him from continuing to start. But he also injured his finger in the preseason of his rookie year, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why he wasn't able to overtake Jimmy because yep. um, the reports were that he was looking pretty good prior to that, and then that just kind of set him back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very injury-prone to this point of his career, yep. so you can't you don't want to go into a season saying that's our guy. We're going to ride or die with him. Yeah. But then the backup is Purdy. 
And whether he comes back, you don't, you, you can't count on Purdy being back and ready this season. Right. You certainly hope he does. And I do think Kyle probably has a preference for Purdy. Like I think if mm-hmm. Purdy was healthy, it's Purdy's job and something's going to have to happen to him for Trey mm-hmm. Lance to have gotten an opportunity. But you can't go into the season with as injury prone of a quarterback as you get and somebody that's coming off an extremely serious injury that has very little uh, history in the NFL. So you don't exactly know. You know, there hasn't been enough of the injuries to the UCL for quarterbacks to know that it's very reliable that it's six months. Because mm-hmm. if he has a setback and you get to seven, eight, nine months, he's not coming back this season. You know, right. you're looking at the second half of the season at best at that point. So you don't want to count on that. So you need a quarterback who is starting experience, who you think has potential to turn into something to where maybe your championship window isn't closed in the season if something happens to both the other guys. And that's Sam Darnold. And I think that's why he got an incentive-laden uh, deal. But like yep. I made the point to uh, uh, Stats on our show, um, if Kaya was bringing him in as a replacement for Trey, in mm-hmm. a true quarterback battle, it would have been a multi-year deal. Because if you think Agreed. the guy has a legit legit shot of becoming the starter, you don't sign him to a cheap one-year deal where if he does become the starter, now you're in like a Geno Smith situation where you're right. going to pay him immediately. Mm. And yep. the way this roster is set up, they can't afford to pay a quarterback next year. They can't. They mm-hmm. have to have a cheap quarterback. That's why it's Purdy and Lance, because they remain cheap through next year. So I just don't see how you can say that Darnold is being brought in to compete with Trey. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes, look, makes total sense to me. I mean, the entire time I heard you talking about it today, um, I was literally yelling at my phone, which is weird in itself. But nonetheless, my next question has to do with Lance and Purdy. And you're active on social media, so I'm sure you see this too, maybe even in your mentions as well. Um, a couple years ago in the in Philadelphia, there was Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And there was a divide within the fan base. And even when you, if you listen to talk radio, you heard it even within talk radio, so sports talk radio, where if you like Nick Foles, you can't like Carson Wentz and if vice versa, right? And I feel like we're getting to that point right now with 49er fans where if you're a Purdy guy, you just can't be a Lance guy. If you're a Lance dude, you, you, you know, Purdy's, uh, uh, you know, the very last pick in the draft. This is, you know, Trey Lance. We traded a boatload to get him here. Why do you think there's such a divide here with with these two players here within the fan base? I think it's just uh, it's kind of a you, you fall back to what you're used to. And this fan base for over a decade now has had this kind of situation where, you know, it was is Alex Smith worth keeping around? And so there was a controversy of, you know, a very split fan base of get rid of him. He's a bust. And hey. He's gotten a rough deal. It's not his fault. He's had so many uh, offensive coordinators. If you if you remember, they were referred to as Alex Sexuals or Alex. <laughs> I don't know how it was pronounced. I always saw it written, but yeah, you know, I uh, saw it written. You know, there was a nickname for it <laughs> if you were still on the Alex Smith boat. And then once Alex Smith broke out, boom, here's Kaepernick, somebody mm-hmm. to compete with him, and he ends up getting losing his job to Kaepernick due to injury and not getting it back. So then there was kind of a split of, hey, this isn't right. Like Kaepernick, yeah, he has potential, but this is Alex Smith's team. So that was kind of a split where it was Kaepernick or Smith, Kaepernick or Smith, right? And then, you know, you had maybe a year or two apiece, and then Kaepernick kind of, the team started to fall apart. Kaepernick uh, 
he had the whole kneeling thing, which split some segment of the fan base as well for political reasons. But still, it was a split where it was, you know, there's that side and there's this side and there's no middle ground. And that's what the kneeling was. There's no middle ground, whether it doesn't matter what side you've you fall on on it. It was either you're not okay with it or you are okay with it. Mm -hmm. So it's just been this probably 15 years now of one searching for the next great quarterback and not finding it to this point, which is frustrating. Yep. But also there's been multiple options that have the potential to be that quarterback. And thus you get this kind of fan base now. I mean, at this point, 15 years. Yeah. There's a good portion of the fan base. It's all they've ever known is For fighting sure. over who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, I didn't think about it that way, but how long it really truly has been. My goodness, it's been 15 years. I mean, you, um, you could go back like there, there was a big argument with Jeff Garcia because there's sure, people yeah. that they wanted Jeff Garcia. Oh, he's not Steve Young. Well, get rid of him, even though he was multiple Pro Bowls. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he and, and Steve Young is one of one. <laughs> so, <Right>. so, <laughs> yeah. That, I remember when Jeff Garcia was around and it was, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot, there was kind of a little bit of a split there. There wasn't, there was message boards back then, but there wasn't, yeah. you know, social media. So it, it wasn't able to be kind of magnified mm-hmm. by social media, which is part of the, the equation to, in today's world too, is that social media makes it very easy to argue over it. Whereas before it was, maybe you went to a family gathering and you're arguing with an yep. uncle or a cousin, or you're at the bar arguing with some other bar patron and that's it. Yep. Now it's, I'm on social media and I'm arguing all the time. Were you arguing on a uh, group chat on aim back then about Jeff Garcia? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my aim days were spent in high school trying to meet chicks on aim. <laughs> Not arguing sports. <laughs> um, so going into the search, you know, and you could type in age yep. and uh, sex and location. Yeah. ASL. And, my goodness. Yeah. The things, the things we'll never forget. It's incredible. Um, so I want to talk about Trey Lance. I know you're a Trey Lance guy. I'm a, I'm a really big Trey Lance guy as well, especially for what I think he can be. Um, where are you on, on Lance? And like you said, you know, we're starting out not on a good foot here in terms of uh, that was a bad pun. I didn't mean that, but we're not starting off well here in terms of, you know, I don't like using the word injury prone, but it's, it's there. Um, are you, confident that we will see the Trey Lance that the Niners traded a boatload to get in and had so much confidence to get him in here and what that skill set looks like. Um, are you confident that we might actually see that this year or at least through training camp where we'll be able to get a really good look at the progression? Uh, well, basically, the wherever you stand with Trey Lance, shouldn't have changed in terms of what you think he is as a quarterback because we haven't been able to see anything you know even in his starts you're talking about a monsoon this past year was his start like you can't evaluate anything from that so at this point you know i think the same thing i thought about him come draft time the only thing that's changed is when it comes to injuries like yeah i'm not putting all my eggs in one basket you know when he was drafted I wanted Jimmy gone, hand mm-hmm. the team over to him, have some scrub be the backup. I don't care. Yep. It's Trey Lance's team. Now that he's had all these injuries, it's no, we need a quality backup. You know, I'm all for Sam Darnold being here because mm-hmm. they need that insurance policy. But in terms of what I think he can be or what he is as a quarterback, it hasn't changed. I think he's raw, but I think he has incredibly high upside. And yep. I think even though he's raw with Kyle Shanahan and the supporting cast 
and the kind of special throws that he can make, he's going to be good enough right off the bat. He's going to be, you know, I, I kind of look at his floor as being uh, the equivalent to Jimmy Garoppolo. They're different style of quarterbacks. So I'm not saying, oh, you'll get the same results. Mm-hmm. But in terms of quality, it'll be about the same quality. Yeah. Um. So, and I, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm, I'm, almost at the point where I'm I'm itching ferociously just to see him get five or six starts in the regular season. I think so, he's going to get it because I, I do. I too. would be surprised if Purdy is ready by the, by the beginning of the season. And I think if Trey Lance starts game one, he basically Kyle as as long as the team wins, he doesn't, he doesn't change the quarterback as long as the team is winning. Agreed. You know, Agreed. even if they're, you know, say Trey Lance has five touchdowns and, four interceptions through four games, but they're four and oh, he's not benching them. No, not a chance. He doesn't mess with a winning streak. No. And and that's the way the NFL is too. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. If you get a quarterback that goes on a run here, he's not, he's not sitting at all. It's just not going to happen. Um, so here's my, my, my broader question that I want to talk uh, to you about. And again, we're talking 11 black of the gold standard podcast. Um, this window of opportunity here, is you probably got, let's see, Kittle's 29, Fred Warner's 26, um, Debo's 26, Ayuk is, what, 23? Um, Bosa's 24, 25 already, 25? Well, not already, but still a, a, a kid. Um, you have a team here where their core, these superstars, are still in their mid-20s, um, except for Kittle. Um the window opportunity I still look at is probably around three to four more years where you can get multiple championships out of this team. Uh, would why, or not why do you, would you want to see this team go after a Lamar Jackson to get, it feels like we are that quarterback away. And it's almost like, do I want to bank this prime roster on a Purdy or a Lance or do I do maybe whatever it takes at the end of next season if things don't go the way we want them to to finally bring in that quarterback that can finally get this 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 roster over the hump? Because over the next three to four years, man, if you can't get one now, it it might look it might not look too good following the next few years as you have to rebuild your roster. But I just feel like they're just that quarterback away. Has that thought crossed your mind for a Lamar or a guy like that? If you can get an elite quarterback, and I think Lamar is one, it doesn't matter the cost. Okay. It does not matter the cost. The NFL is different than all other sporting leagues. Like, and to me, it's even different than college football. Mm-hmm. We see teams dominate in college football, and their quarterback doesn't even make it to the NFL. Or if yep. they do, they last a year or two and they're out because they're mm-hmm. not actually that good. So in the NFL, though, it's you you have a good quarterback or you have an inc- incredibly talented roster with a really good coaching. But those incredibly talented rosters with good coaching that don't have the elite quarterbacks, Niner fans know better than any other, you don't get over the hump. Yeah. So, you know, if the, if the Niners had Kirk Cousins, for instance, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo the last four years, five years, they'd probably have a Super Bowl. I agree. Because Kirk agree. is better and he was healthy. Yeah. Um. You know, they're that close. So if you can go out and get an elite quarterback, you do it. You know, I, 
if Baltimore called tomorrow and you have a deal in place where Lamar is willing to do some, you know, contract shenanigans in order to fit get the Niners under the cap, but Baltimore's demands are next year's first and Nick Boza, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going to argue with them first. Yeah, but I would. Yeah, you trade a an elite pass rusher for an elite quarterback mm-hmm. every day of the week. I agree. I agree. And um, do you see something like that happening after this season? If if and I say that not because I don't believe in Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, but I say that if they get to a point where they get to a divisional round or they get to the point where they get to the NFC title game and they they just barely miss that chance to get to the Super Bowl. Do you think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan finally pull that trigger in the offseason to go get that superstar quarterback if, in fact, there wasn't this massive progression to where Trey Lance just shocks the NFL? I I think it it would probably take an extreme situation for that to happen. It would take Trey Lance playing and looking like crap uh, to where they know for sure this is done. Um and Purdy getting a chance and looking like the seventh round pick he was. You know, if Purdy isn't healthy and he's not able to come back this year, I don't think they would go sell the farm out for a quarterback. Yeah. Doesn't mean they wouldn't bring in somebody of starting quality and say, well, Purdy might get the starting gig back if he's able to come back and prove it. But, you know, I, I would say that they wouldn't be going for the sell it all superstar. I could see them say Lance busts this year. Mm. and Purdy isn't able to come back uh, until next year, I could see them once again selling out in the draft Mm. to take another stab at it while also having Purdy as the fallback. You know, Purdy is, hey, if he gets healthy and he's the same quarterback that we saw as a rookie, we're good and we can sell this young quarterback, you know, in in the future and get some of our draft picks back. But they're kind of, you know, they'd be in a u- unique situation, kind of similar to what they were, where they have a quarterback they think is good enough but has injury issue. But they're also got the unique chance to go for it in the draft because they don't have a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. That's where the Niners are. They don't have a ton of holes on this roster. And that's kind of why they've been able to get away with not having these first round picks because right. it doesn't, they don't need a guaranteed bona fide starter day one in the draft because they have a loaded roster. No, I agree. And, my last question, because uh, you've given me so much time at already. Um, what are your expectations for the rest of the offseason? It's kind of hard to judge the draft because, again, it's, I mean, they pick what, 99th and then 101. Um, I mean, something could happen, but I, I don't have any expectations of that right now. But what are your expectations for the rest of the offseason? And on paper, are you still thinking that this 49ers team can represent the NFC in a Super Bowl next year? So I, I don't I think we're done with the big names. We're done with the uh things that kind of push the needle, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh they don't have much money. You know, they, they have around eleven million dollars in cap space, I believe. Uh, but they have to sign all their draft picks. So that comes out of that pool. Okay. Um and if I'm not mistaken, they have uh fifty seven players signed as of now mm-hmm. and they have to get to ninety. So that takes some money. Um, granted your salary cap is only calculated off your top 51 so if they sign a bunch of minimum salary guys who aren't going to likely make the roster uh they're not going to end up counting towards the salary cap anyway so you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't factor into it in that way but i just they don't they don't have the money to go get a big splash but i think that they'll probably they probably have a handful of guys 
veterans out there that they would like to bring in that if those veterans don't find the money that they're looking for and just want a chance to shine on a marquee team, get in mm-hmm. front of the national media and kind of get attention so that they could try to earn a bigger contract in the future. I think there's a handful of guys that they would be in on, you know, for maybe two, three million a year on a mm-hmm. one year deal where they're trying to earn their bigger contract. But I, I don't see any splashes happening. I think they're pretty much going to sign uh, some of the players that they had in the past that are trying to get contracts still, that haven't signed anywhere, mm-hmm. end up not finding what they want, and they come back on a uh, cheap deal, and then they'll fill the roster with the draft. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how they can, they can do any big moves at this point. What's your expectations, real quick, of the uh, contract that, that Bose is going to get? Yeah, it's definitely going to be the top it's ever been. Yeah, for okay. a uh, defensive player. Period. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would guess he pushes thirty-two million, thirty-three. Oof. Okay, it's up there, and he, he's going to want two different. Well, yeah, probably two different records. I don't know how much he cares about the signing bonus. Yeah, uh, mainly because he he comes from a wealthy family. He doesn't need <laughs> the money up front. Right. Um, and he was a number two overall pick, so he's already made a good chunk of change. Yeah. Um. But he is definitely going to want the highest average annual value, and he's going to want uh, the largest guarantees. Yeah, and he will set both of those, and I think he'll set them somewhat comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, Levin, man, one, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really do appreciate it. I, I respect the heck out of you. And you know where where can we find you on social media, and what do you have coming up? Uh, you can find me on uh, Takes by Levin on Twitter. Uh, I am definitely of the age. Uh, I, I have an Instagram. I don't really utilize it a whole lot, so <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what my tag is on Instagram. <laughs> Twitter occupies my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as uh, what I got going on, basically Gold Standard Network, uh, Rob and I are trying to get that launched. Uh, you know, Michelle, Vish, uh, uh, Jason, and Steph, we're, we're all working to kind of keep the uh, gravy train moving, mm-hmm. you know, not rock the boat. We uh, launched our YouTube and we're just trying to grow and kind of strike out on our own and kind of be more diversified. Phenomenal. If there's anything I can do, I mean, to help you guys out, I'll promote the heck out of anything you guys need. Um, but yeah, uh, Levin, thank you so much. Uh, this has been the gold rush show. We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, have a great rest of your week and weekend and we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.